Hello, everyone. It is pruning time in the Pacific Northwest. That was pruning time. If you couldn't hear me through my fun song, we <laughs> are <laughs> we are going to have some resources, general plant knowledge, and some great tips for pruning in the vineyard. Um, we would. I know that we've talked about this, peppered it into past conversations, and I think that um, we'll continue bringing it in, especially you know moving into the spring and. And it's really, you know, different times of year, different parts of the the pruning. So, but this is one of the big times of year. I know I've been seeing lots of Instagram posts from around the world of people and pruning. So why, Haley, are we pruning grapevines and other things? I'm Haley. This is Ashley. We are Whole Cluster Conversation. We prune grapevines because we want a uniform structure, uh, especially because we're we're manipulating these plants. Like if they were just mm-hmm. growing in the wild, maybe they would be pruned by accident by an animal eating them or something. Like but, a rabbit. Yeah, or deer. <laughs> deer love those tender little green grape, not the grapes themselves necessarily, but like the actual leaves on the grapevines mm-hmm. as they're like mm-hmm. new growth. But when we're planting something and wanting it to grow and produce a product so that we can eat it or whatever, <laughs> we we want it to grow in a certain way. We want to either get the, the most, uh, like if you think about like an apple orchard pruning, they probably want some uniformity, but they also want to get the best quality of apples and the most quality they can get because they need to be able to sell those apples so that they can then continue their business. Mm-hmm. So that's really the big reason why we prune is is uniformity. For grapevines, we like to prune them so that we don't like you, again, you could have a grapevine growing wild on your property and you could harvest grapes from it every year without pruning it, but mm-hmm. your grapes are going to be like over here and over there and on the ground and up in a tree and depending on where the grapevine is growing. If you yeah. prune your grapevine, it's all going to happen kind of in the same zone, so it is much easier to um work with and I think that's basically why. So how do you decide, you know, how to prune, what what exactly you're pruning on the trees? Like, how do you make those, you know, little detailed decisions about, mm. you know, where you're going to be pruning? That's a great question. We, it depends on what kind of structure you have decided to have in your vineyard, or if you have just a, a plant or two. Um, I know that you had a friend, uh, one of our episodes where we talked about listener mail, they uh, had a grapevine growing and they were like, I don't love that it's like blocking the sidewalk. Can I yeah. just cut this? So that would be a great example of she's going to want to prune that grapevine so that it grows in a way that's conducive to that sidewalk. It mm-hmm. might not, it, you know, that's a different kind of structure than maybe growing grapes for making wine, but it's the same mm-hmm. idea. The other two, there's there's two kind of types of pruning. One Mm -hmm. is spur pruning or cane pruning. Those are the two. That's the first decision you have to make in your, how your, your vineyard or your plant is being manipulated. Spur pruning is you leave like a couple nodes on spurs along the plant and those nodes then have bud break and they produce shoots that grow. I think that's what I'm seeing a lot of right now. That's, people doing. I would say that's the most common in the Northwest. 
Typically, they have a a trunk that grows out and then uh, cordons that grow along a a trellis. And then they have Mm -hmm. spurs that come off that cordon. Uh, Sorry, cane pruning. You actually leave like a long cane... So that's really popular in sh- in the Champagne region. Many people that um, and and it's it's I've seen it in the Willamette Valley more so than mm-hmm. say like where I am in Idaho. So you actually where you leave a big long cane, typically from um, it can be either from a a higher point like on a trunk or closer mm-hmm. to the ground. So you have this cane that kind of comes up and it's long. You know, it's like maybe twenty nodes rather than three or four that you're doing with a spur. And all of that will then uh, have bud break. And that's where all the new growth is coming from. Many vineyards that do spur pruning, it has to do with, I think, vigor, uh, if I remember correctly, and other things. But so that's your first thing. Like, are you spur pruning? Are you cane pruning? Mm -hmm. And that's probably going to be determined by how you establish your vineyard and what trellis design you have. Not okay. all vineyards have trellises. They Sometimes you can have head pruned vines. So that's like literally a trunk that has kind of a more burly head that mm-hmm. is then coming out of that head is typically canes. Mm-hmm. And if you're hoping that we tell you what kind of trellis you should have today, that's not <laughs> what we're going to do. <laughs> There's plenty of resources. We'll actually put a couple in the show notes because I found a couple of good resources that are very basic. If you're like, I just want to plant four or five plants in my backyard and I was hoping that you would tell me how to do that. The big things are for what trellis design you, you're you going to want to have is cost, availability mm-hmm. of materials, and the ability to install those materials. And then what type of vines you want to uh, plant. So uh, just knowing the basic, like, is this one that's going to be really bushy or is this one that's going to be more viney? So yeah, if you're okay. looking to plant an actual vineyard, like a commercial size vineyard, you should probably know what kind of trellis design you want before you plant. And mm-hmm. if you aren't sure where to start with that, go to visit other vineyards in your area, maybe find a consultant to help you figure out what's yeah. going to work best for you. Before you get on to a couple other things, I just had a quick question about the cane stuff. I know we talked yeah. um, before about the kicker cane. Yes. is And is that, you were saying though, this cane is usually higher up on the trunk. I know the kicker cane is usually down at the base. Right. So is that kind of similar though concepts? Yeah. So for those of you that might not have listened to some of our older episodes, a kicker cane is a, a sucker or a, a part of the plant that grows kind of near the base of the plant, near the um, ground level that you can mm-hmm. then overwinter by like piling up dirt. And ca- so like many people that live in really cold regions do kicker canes in case mm-hmm. they have really cold, like bad cold damage in their canopy. And then they can mm-hmm. just train up this kicker cane the next year. So they only lose a couple seasons rather than having to replant an entire vineyard. So that's okay. a kicker cane. It's very similar to a spur, or sorry, a like um, cane pruning. Is this? It's the same idea where you have this this cane, mm-hmm. but then as soon as the kicker cane, like the next year, if you yeah. if you lose your vineyard, if you have cold damage, and you're like, oh, thank goodness we have kicker canes, you you train that one up to be a trunk, so it's no okay. longer a cane um, pruning. It's like becoming a trunk, then becoming cordons, and then spurs or maybe I think you can have kicker canes that you turn into cane pruned vineyards and vines as well so just it's after that initial season of like making sure that tissue is saved and healthy 
then you decide, mm-hmm. like, are we keeping this or is it going away? Yeah, and you were saying that the cane, sorry if this is confusing, but uh, the cane is kind of has all the different buds coming off of it. So in my mind, it's kind of like a new, maybe not the new main trunk, but it's like, hey, I'm trying to get a new, I don't know, arm of the, yeah. the vine, a bigger section that I'm going to eventually do the other type of pruning right. on. Yes. Right? Well, okay. n- no, um, you're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> so like every year when you're doing cane pruning, every year you would, when you're going through and pruning in the vineyard at this time of year in the Northwest, yeah. you would choose which growth from last year. So the new yeah. growth from last year is going to be kept. So yeah. the, va- the, the cane that last year grew mm-hmm. all of your shoots that then had fruit on them, you chop that one off. But you have you have a kicker cane or something similar that was growing last year out of the the older tissue. Mm-hmm. And you're going to lay that one onto the wire or whatever it might be yeah. to have that be the cane that you use this year for the new growth okay. that's going to be. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to know, because uh, you know a little bit more about plant physiology and stuff. Do you have an idea of why we choose to prune like, well, at least grapes and grapevines mm-hmm. this time of year rather than like while they're in an active growth phase? I mean, I guess this time of year, it would be make sure you do it before, yeah, the spring outgrowth. And that really has to do with what we were talking about with like the importance of fall planting. And remember when we also talked about managing weeds in the fall and we talked about how at that time in the fall, you are you know, pulling your, the plant is pulling the resources, all of its nutrients and stuff, and then they're storing it into their roots. And so you mm-hmm. think about it, all the like, you know, nutrients, carbohydrates, like everything is getting stored down into the, the roots and they're really focusing on, you know, root growth in the winter time. And so everything above the ground, you know, sometimes we'll say, oh, it's dead up there or whatever, but it's really dormant. Right. So that's why, doing this pruning now is usually a, a good thing in plants because they're dormant. And so you can make those cuts and then it will heal those areas and you won't be having it like, basically there's the, like the Cambrian, if you think of like a, a tree is I think the easiest way because you just think of a tree like a straw where you right. are. Are you either <laughs> yeah. blowing the thing back down and saying, I don't want to drink right oh, now. I know I that's see. not what we do. Or are we sucking it up? Like, yeah. I, I just, that's a weird analogy, but it's kind of, you know, gets at that point of I'm bringing this stuff up. And so that's what's going to start happening in the spring is it's pushing its resources back out. And Got so it. typically that's why people want to do kind of this later, like right before spring pruning because the plant is dormant. They're not pushing it out. Um, and then you're doing it right before that period that they are so that you're cutting it. And then when they're pushing it out, that's where those, at least I think of like with trees and shrubs, and I'm sure it's the same with vines, thinking of those nodes, those points in the branch and where the the buds are at. And that's why it's really important that you have very precise cuts at areas because you don't want to like cut it way farther away from those node points or those bud areas because you want that, like you don't want the plant to then in its attempt to heal itself have to like 
you know, and when you cut it farther from there, then sometimes it kind of dies back. But when you do it at those node points, it's a good place for it to heal and then start the new growth from that point. I see. And then I think it kind of gets at what you're saying with like those precision points of where you're choosing it because then you're training it or you're saying, hey, this is, right. I'm cutting you here so that you'll grow in this particular way. You know, make sure, probably kind of what you're getting at, but... Make sure that you're, you note the direction that the bud is going. On some plants, you know, you'll have buds in different directions. So you want to make sure that the bud is pointing in the direction that you're going to want it to grow into. So right. you don't want it like pointing down if you ultimately you want it, that stem going up. But yeah, it really has to do with like the plant hormones, the plant nutrients and where the plant is sending its energy. Okay. That's, yeah. I didn't, I knew that there was probably a reason, but I didn't know why that that's great and sheds a lot of light. <laughs> yeah. And again, it connects back to the fall planting stuff. It's yeah. all, you can all connect it together. A lot of it has to do with the actual plant physiology and things that are happening. I, so I know that you pruned your own apple and pear trees this last year and probably you're getting ready. If you haven't started pruning yet, probably in the next couple yeah. of weeks, you'll be pruning again. Not necessarily about those trees in particular, but since you spent some time pruning, do you have like tips for general pruning that you really found? And I feel like everybody kind of has their own way of doing things, but I know yeah. that, that cleanliness is a big thing for you. So definitely talk on that point. Yeah, so I think no matter what you're pruning, one of the things that's really important is to think about like what you said is kind of cleanliness. And this comes from my background as inspecting plant nurseries for a disease pathogen. And so I really think that it's important to make sure that you're keeping your tools clean and that's before the process like, and during the process. So one of the things that I do... Again, I have four fruit trees and then I also, you know, prune other things on my house too. Yeah. But I typically, because I think, you know, there is sometimes where maybe a certain part of the plant has a disease. And so that would be like, okay, yeah, maybe I want to like, you know, decontaminate my stuff between right. um, the that area. But for me, I just kind of think like most likely it's all contained within this same plant. So I have a spray bottle of kind of an like a rubbing alcohol sterilization and then I just take it around with me and after I do some cuts and then I want to move to a different uh, tree or like I said if there is some area that's like really diseased then mine aren't really but I'm just using that as an example then I would spray I just spray it off and I really like that method you could also like I know you don't right. like to use bleach, but you know you could do some sort yeah. of you know put your boots that's an easy, in something, right? Um, an easy household, like a, yeah, like do a dip method. But mm-hmm. I really like the spray method because then I can just hold it up and spray, 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 yeah. <laughs> and and I don't have to be like lugging out a, a thing of or like going back to where my little dip container is. But if you are working with a crew, sometimes having something either setting up. I think of like, you know, a little spray gun section, kind of like what you would do if you have, you use pesticides and you kind of put it all together in a little spray area. And it's like a, a backpack sprayer and you can spray it or like a tub where you're spraying it in that kind mm-hmm. of area for it. Um, and then have like little where you dip your boots or sometimes it's even that you just like literally you have a bin that's the size and you 
like step into it. Um, right. So, uh, yeah. and that's all because of the disease pathogens, but just really cleaning it. And one of the things you mentioned that you do with your crews um, when we were talking beforehand is not sharing tools and and having tools for them to use on site. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. When we have crews come out and help, we just give them the tools that we think they'll need. And mm-hmm. then sometimes the professional crews that have come to help us are like, oh, well, I have my own tools. And we're like, that's great. Here, like, here's a, a, a wipe. We have like our um, stuff and and we should have spray bottles too. I mm-hmm. like that idea. But we just like have them soaked in a in a bag. And we're like, so yeah, you just if you just want to wipe down your tools that way, we just know that nothing disease is coming in. And they're always super, usually yeah. their their tools are super clean anyway. They're like, if you're, they're a professional crew, they're taking good care of their tools and probably cleaning them anyway. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, for tool health, that's a great thing. But again, yeah. it's your own vineyard. And so you want to be thinking about like, hey, or your own house, your own yeah. place. Like you don't want to be, you know, causing that and you don't want to be moving um, something Anything. from one mm-hmm. plant to another that's be an advocate I say for for yourself and make sure that (laughs) because that would be like the worst thing is to just have a crew come in and then all of a sudden you're dealing with some pathogen right the bad one (laughs) too that would not be good yeah 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 um the other I have a couple other tips for for just yeah pruning on a larger scale if you have a commercial size vineyard or you're wanting to get started our vineyard is so small that we do a lot of the pruning just as a family. Mm-hmm. We have kind of different stations. All of us do things a little differently, but like having a bag or a bucket or overalls or um, like a, my mom really likes to use like an apron yeah. that has all the tools you need because you need pruners, you need like training tape, you're going to need your stuff to be able to sanitize things if you're like, oh, that that thing doesn't look very healthy. I'm going to like sanitize in between. So having those all set so that you don't have to think about it you just like grab what you need for the day and go is really helpful I I use those for our plant sale I run a plant sale as part of my work I actually last year I felt like such the grandma the mom of the group but I (laughs) sew and so I actually like sewed a bunch of aprons for people and you're exactly right because you could say oh I'm just gonna kind of take this bucket out with me but it's just really nice to have them right there with that, like the disease question in mind, if you do have certain pests or mm-hmm. any disease in your vineyard, you really need to make sure you're removing all of your pruned yes. materials. We typically prune every other row and toss everything into like into one row. So instead of having to go up and down each row, it's only every other row we have to go down to mm-hmm. get rid of material or to mulch material. I think the other big tip that I have is so many people are interested in this. So invite them to come out. But also know if you're new to this world, pruning is a very good lesson in finality. Like you chop something and even if you're like, oh shoot, I wish I would have kept that. It's done and you have to move on. So if you're going to invite friends to come out, just know that that's something that you need to explain and you need to be okay with them chopping something and then being like, oh no, (laughs) that wasn't the right one to chop. (laughs) I was going to say, so I know when I was getting into this, I have a friend that, or, you know, a a person I know that has an orchard. And I said, hey, I, you know, I was asking him all these questions. And he was like, 
you can come out anytime and help me with my work of doing pruning. Yeah. But I will never come to you. You can ask these questions, but if you really want to know, come and help me. And then as payment for all these questions, which I really like that as like, okay, I'm going to go and help you out in a way that's that's gonna helpful then for you, also but benefit also helpful me. for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, shout out to Ukiah, who's like now a grapevine pruning extraordinaire. He helped us last year and was so awesome. I guess I'm going to have to come over and help. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to come over and help with pruning. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I think we covered a lot of the stuff with, with yeah. pruning. I think it's, it's pretty just, easy. Yeah. It's just a really... Like we could go into and have an hour and a half, two hour discussion about how to do everything exactly. But each site is different. Each pruning method is different. What you have planted affects Mm -hmm. how you're going to prune. So we can't do that. So we've got to keep it kind of general. (laughs) If you have specific questions, feel free to write them in. We might be able to to talk about them. Yeah. Master Gardeners is a great resource for... They actually put on like webinars. I attended a webinar last year. I also have, randomly, I have rhododendrons and they had a webinar that was about pruning rhododendrons. And so I went to that. And then for my fruit trees, there's a really awesome local organization here in Portland called the Portland Fruit Tree Project. And they do volunteer events as well as, um, they're pretty, I thought that for what I was getting, it was pretty cheap. I paid like $30 and I went to like a half day workshop with them where the first half was like, you know, sitting around. (laughs) It was still COVID time. So we were like sitting in a giant circle and they were like yelling at us, but we did a little lecture and then we got to go out and actually do pruning with an expert and walking through things with us. And I think that that's a great way to to learn. And I know that the Master Gardeners has um, an extensions, the yeah. local extensions have really great resources for the real knit and like how to do it. So look for those ag, the research extension, those ag programs, yes. search out, you know, go down like UC Davis and look at, they'll have a, a lot of right. really great resources. Um, for- I actually chose some um, non-UC Davis and like not, not very well-known <laughs> viticulture stuff that we'll put in the show notes because they were actually super helpful with simplifying it instead of nice. being like, well, here's the really complicated picture that we can't really yeah. talk about because it's there's so many factors. So, those will be in the show notes a couple extension yeah hopefully you guys find helpful let us know I know that I have like random little like drawings and pruning little notes but I think I think like I said the biggest thing is just finding your local person and finding the particular pruning method you're after and like either going out and helping them or going to one of those classes yes that's a great great suggestion Thanks, everybody. Happy pruning or uh, helping to give some advice on that now that you're (laughs) a little more (laughs) informed. And please remember to like, review, subscribe, and share with any friends or colleagues that you think might find our content helpful. We'll talk with you next week. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Whole Cluster Conversation. Music provided by Michael Johnson of Grand Falconer. Audio production provided by our friend Ukiah Bogle. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you like to listen. Ciao.